0: everyone and welcome once again to equip with pastato on greener 95.9 fm i believe your week was a good one and thank god that he has given us a fresh start again um, i would like you to call a friend call a family member share for those of you who are also following us online so that um, they also be blessed by the word of god and get equipped if you are ready for the word can you lay your hands on your heart And just briefly pray that God will speak to you That the word of God will bless you tonight Dear Lord I receive grace to speak In word, in power, in the Holy Spirit And in much assurance Help me to labor and preach your word With wisdom, with knowledge, with great skill And anointing And help us to receive a word that will transform our lives In Jesus precious name Amen and Amen Please go with me to Genesis chapter 16 verse 1 to 8 Genesis chapter number 16, verse 1 to 8. Now Sarah, now here is Sarai and Abram. So we we'll just use Sarah and Abraham. Now Sarah, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children. And she had an Egyptian maid servant who, whose name was Hagar. So Sarah said to Abram, um, See now the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abraham heeded the voice of Sarah. Then Sarah, Abraham's wife, took Hagar her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband, Abraham, to be his wife. After Abraham had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan. So he went into Hagar and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. So a lot of things went on in the home. Verse 6 says that, So Abraham said to Sarah, Indeed, your maid is in your hand, do to her as you please. And when Sarah dealt harshly with her, she fled from her presence. 7 says, Now the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring in the way of shore. And he said to her, Hagar, Sarah's maid, where have you come from and where are you going? and she answered and said i am fleeing from the presence of my mistress Sarai." i want us to continue our discussion on where are you going where are you going the angel of the lord asked hagar in genesis 16 verse 8 where have you come from and where are you going and god asked elijah in the cave at at horeb What are you doing here? We mentioned that all three questions point to the same thing, that is direction and purpose. And so God is asking you and I tonight, where are you going in your life? Last week, we ended by saying we should be able to answer God and say, I'm coming from an ABC place and I'm going to SYZ in my health, in my finances, in my education in my marriage, in my personal life. You must be able to tell where you are coming from and where you are going because if we never answer the question of where we are from and where we are going, we will never know the progress of our lives. We will never know how far we have come and how far we are left to go. And worse is that anywhere could be our destination. God found Hagar uh, where she was not supposed to be at the well. and And, and there God asked her, where have you come from and where are you going? I want you to watch this. When God asked Hagar, where have you come from and where are you going? Hagar didn't give a direct answer to the question God asked her. Because where have you where have you come from and where are you going? The simple answer would have been, I'm, I've come from Abraham's house. That's where I've come from. And I'm going to so and so please. That's where I am going. Instead, she answered by telling God what she was doing. Where have you come from? Say, I'm running away from my mistress, Sarah. And in this case, if God is a man, um, he would have then asked a follow-up question. But why are you running away from your mistress? Why are you running away from your madam? Then she would have said, you know, she has been treating me so harshly. And that would have sounded like the whole story. But it is not the whole story. Hagar wouldn't say, I'm running away from my mistress, Sarah. The one I have dishonored and despised. She wouldn't say, I'm running away from the one who gave me an opportunity and yet I spat in her face. She wouldn't say, I'm running away from the one who blessed me and I repaid with contempt and insult. Because one human flaw with all of us is to overstate our strengths and undermention our weaknesses. One. Flaw of all humanity we all have the tendency to overstate our strengths and under mention our weaknesses that's why when they give us a form to fill in as what are your strengths and weaknesses we are strengths we quickly write things down when it gets to weaknesses we start thinking even though our weaknesses are many for some reason we understate them so hear this as long as we keep telling our stories or as long as we tell our stories we are the heroes and not the villains at least Sarah hager should have said i have disobeyed my my m- madam i have dishonored my madam and she's treating me harshly and i'm right now she just said i ran away from my from my mistress every other bit that came before the right now she had taken it away because she is telling her story and in her story she is the hero and not the villain in our stories we are innocent and they are wrong we are never wrong in our own story or at least we are not wrong enough. Ha! Yeah, because you are the one telling the story, and the other person comes and tells, and they ah, but that one me. Because as long as you are telling your story, you are the hero of your story. That is why it is dangerous to be going around telling everyone your story. Telling the story of your marriage all the time Telling the story of your office all the time Telling the story of your life all the time You keep telling your story long enough Soon you cannot tell any longer that it is a lie That you've been telling yourself And you would come and believe that lie Because you have fed yourself with that lie over and over and over again That you are innocent That you are perfect And everyone else is wrong the more you tell your story the more you a hero you become and eventually the story which you've been telling yourself will replace the true story please hear me people who always tell their stories are often blended to their own contributions to the problem people who often tell, tell their story or people who are always telling their stories are often blended to their weaknesses and faults and awfully aware of the weaknesses and faults of the others after all how else would you make the bad look worse Unless you embellish the story a little. You keep telling your story too much. Eventually, you believe a lie and you look as though you are good, you are perfect, you have no fault. And everything else is wrong with the other person. The Bible says that the first person to plead his cause seem right. Until his neighbor comes and examines him. Proverbs 18 verse 17. The first person to tell their story, they always right. Until the other person tells their story. So please hear this. Don't tell too much. Don't tell your story too much Otherwise it's going to be like a Hagar Take out all the parts where you were wrong And just say, I'm running away from my mistress But you see, Hagar got into that place of harsh treatment all by herself Yeah She brought the problem upon herself She decided to sow the seed of this Anna She decided to be proud And she repaid the fruit of it Hagar's problem was the problem of pride If you are listening to me on a clip tonight at Greener FM Please hear me carefully If you don't respect people, you are finished If you don't respect people You are finished no matter how gifted No matter how beautiful No matter how talented No matter how, how, um, how well you can do anything You have to respect the one who serves you because they will protect you. That maid in the house, respect her because she will protect you. Otherwise, you don't know all kinds of things she can put in your food. That organizer, that waiter, they will protect you. If the food, if that restaurant is not good, as long as you keep respecting, they will tell you, "Master, this place, and eh, you stop coming." That fuel dispenser guy, he will, he will, he will protect you. Respect people who serve you. They will protect you. And respect anyone you serve. They control your future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They control your future. Respect the patients. Respect the health practitioners. Respect your client. Respect the business people. Respect the customers and everyone who walks into that shop or onto that market table. Respect them. They come on their own to come and buy stuff from your shop. It is not a favor you are doing them. You are serving them. Respect them. Don't talk to them anyhow. Because if you keep disrespecting them and all of them decide that they are leaving your service, you will be hungry. Respect people. Otherwise, you are finished. You cannot sow dishonor you cannot dishonor those who gave you an opportunity when no one would you you cannot disrespect people who have contributed in any way in your making and think you'll be left off the hook people who go around speaking ill about their their pastors about their parents about their bosses about the person who pays them you treat with contempt people who have helped you stand before you find yourself in the wilderness You don't believe me? Ask Hagar The people who have elevated you, the people who have brought you near If you disrespect them and dishonor them You find yourself in the wilderness The fact that you can do something better than your fathers Or than the one who recommended you Does not mean you can disrespect them The fact that you have been able to achieve greater height than the one who opened the door for you, brought you near, and trained you, doesn't give you any right to dishonor them. I've never seen people who have dishonored their parents really rise in life. Sometimes you hear people talk about their pastors in very derogatory ways. You, you are sowing all kinds of dangerous seeds unto yourself. The Bible says that there is a generation that curses their fathers and their eyes be plucked out. Proverbs chapter 30 verse 11. Our fathers may have their fault. Our fathers may not be perfect. But if we're going to be a generation that will criticize them, I just want to tell us that we are going to be in trouble. Hagar dishonored the hand that elevated her and she paid a terrible price for it you have to say to yourself all the time i will sow seeds of anna i will sow seeds of anna i will sow seeds of anna hagar got up and left without any clue where she was going because of a harsh treatment i'm trying to give you quite a number of things to learn from the passage hagar got up left without any clue where she was going because of a harsh treatment she left her place of covenant she left her place of promise just because of unfavorable conditions just because there is pressure in, in where you are doesn't mean you should leave just because there is pressure in your marriage doesn't mean you should leave just because there is pressure in your job or in the ministry doesn't mean you should leave you don't leave your place of covenant because of pressure you leave because of an assignment David didn't leave the the sheep and the wilderness because of the pressure of the lion or the bear. The only time he left was because of another assignment that the father gave to him. You don't leave your place of covenant. Many people have aborted their promises and aborted their prophecies and aborted uh, a chance that was being opened for them because they left their place of covenant and their place of promise too soon. They left because of pressure and not because of an assignment. She had left her place of destiny and the Bible said she had entered a wilderness. I pray you don't enter a wilderness in Jesus' name. Don't let pressure or someone's anger force you to leave a place that you are not prepared for. Hagar was not prepared for the the wilderness. But there she found herself because of the harsh treatment Now I am not saying in any way that no matter the abuse or the maltreatment you should stay What I am saying is that don't leave your place of covenant because of pressure Rather you should leave and you should be sure that you are leaving because you have heard God's voice And because you are moving for another assignment Hagar said to God I have fled from my mistress Sarah But she didn't say where she was going. Where have you come from and where are you going? I have fled. Are you going? Where are you going? She had no idea where she was going. But she was going. And the sad truth is that it is amazing the number of people who are just going. But they have no idea where they are going. No idea. And so when the wave of a movement any any wave of any movement at all happens you find out that they'll be following it they see a friend do something they do it they see a colleague do or buy something they buy it they see a friend go and study a particular degree they go and do that because they don't know where they are going mm-hmm. and, and and it is like this when the when the saint go marching in we are in so when the masses come <laughs> they are also there they are there because everybody else is coming but not because this is where they want to come. Now, I want to say to you, would you scratch your head and say, hmm," if I ask you right now, where are you going in your finances? Where are you going in your marriage? Where are you going in your education? Where are you going in your marriage? Where are you going in your spiritual life? Will you scratch your head or you have a definite answer? Because where you are going informs the choices you make and the roads you take. Where you are going informs the choices you make and the road you take. If if you are going to a place of higher education, you will not dilly-dally while others are dilly-dallying. You will study while others, are, while others are, are playing. When you are going to the place of higher levels of anointing, you are serious with God when others are just playing the mess around. Because your decisions and your roads are different from their decisions and their roads. Where are you going? This evening, God is asking you this question. Perhaps you are aware of where you are coming from. You know, I'm coming from a bad, a poor, a negative place. I'm coming from a very deprived family. I know all kinds of things. But if you don't know where you are going, please hear me. You may eventually end up exactly in the same place you came from. Because you don't know where you are going. Elijah had killed the prophet of Baal. After demonstrating before all the people of Israel the, that God is the only true God. But he gets threatened by Jezebel, and he fled, and made a journey from Samaria to Horeb. And he found himself in the cave. God comes to him, and then he asks him a question. So, I want us to read from 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 13. 1 Kings 19:13 says, So it was, when Elijah heard that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave, suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Verse 14, he answered and said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. And then he continued said, they have all neglected you. I alone, I alone am left and they want to kill me. Now, this is not where Elijah is going. But in the interim, he finds himself in a cave. He has no idea where he's going. After he had demonstrated what God had given to him or put in him, he, he's been threatened by Jezebel. He runs away. But he doesn't know where he's going. But he ends up somewhere. So God comes to him and says, Yeah, I can find that you have ended up somewhere. But I want to find out. What are you doing here? And this is a very important question. And this is what I want you to note. From your here to your there, there will always be a there that is not exactly the place. From your here to your there, there will always be a there. That is not exactly or really the place that you are going. Abraham's father, Terah, set out from the air of Kadesh, um to the land of Canaan. But when he came to Sharon, the Bible says he stopped there and then he died there. Genesis chapter eleven verse thirty-one. So his father set out that I'm going to the land of Canaan, but he got to Charan in the middle, and he stopped there and he died there. There is always a there that is not exactly where you set out for, and if you don't ever answer the question, what am I doing here? You will die there. You set out for financial independence, and you came out, you know, of a place of from hand to mouth but you're not exactly at the place of financial independence, but you're somewhere. You're not from Hound Mouth anymore, but you're somewhere. But you're not exactly at financial independence. If you don't ask yourself, what am I doing here? You'll be stuck. You set out for total dependence on God, but now you are doing part God, part yourself, part God, part yourself. If you don't ask yourself, what am I doing here? You'll get stuck there and you'll die there. Your marriage isn't exactly the best. But it's not bad either. It's like a stalemate. It doesn't go, it doesn't come. There is no rocking the boat. You know, there's no fun in the marriage. If you don't ask yourself, I set out for a healthy marriage. If you don't ask yourself, what am I doing here? God says that we'll be stuck there and we'll die there. Where are you going? And if you are not there and you are there somewhere, that is not the there that you set out for. You have to ask yourself this question: What am I doing here? If you don't want to die there, what am I doing here? And I want to say this: If if you are a kind of person who keeps saying I've done my best, you know I've done my best, I've done what Napoleon could not do, I'm afraid to say that you may never get to your Canaan land because you are easily satisfied with charan. You are easily satisfied. So you are not really where you started But because you have made some little movement You are satisfied And that's not what God wants for you God is asking where are you going And you must get there Elijah, where are you coming from? Yeah, I'm coming from killing the prophet of Baal And demonstrating that God alone deserves to be worshipped Okay, so then what are you doing here in this cave? After demonstrating that I am the only true God, are you not supposed to be establishing the rule of my kingdom in Israel? Are you not supposed to be teaching the people how to serve and how to submit to me? Now imagine if the people that heard and saw um, Prophet Elijah do all kinds of miracles and killed the prophet of, of Baal and asteroid 1850 altogether had been chased out of town by Jezebel the people are going to be disoriented and disillusioned because if God cannot protect Elijah who commanded fire from heaven hey, then who are we? we have to still keep quiet and listen to what um, Jezebel is saying because if we try it even if the prophet could not stand against her, what can we do? And, and he would have destroyed everything that he had started to do if God had not intervened. So, when God found him in the cave, he asked him, What are you doing here? Did you not pray that I should turn the hearts of the people unto me? Who is going to teach them? Who is going to lead them? Who is going to show them the way I want them to go? Tonight, God is asking you, What are you doing here? Was this your final destination that you set out for? If, if you are going towards financial freedom, what are you doing here still begging again? If you are going towards healthy marriage, what are you doing here telling your stories all the time? Fighting and bickering and, 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 and chewing each other all the time. What are you doing here? If you are going towards being a dependable person... What are you doing here still being irresponsible with whatever is trusted into your hands? If you are going being a duly married woman, what are you doing here in this relationship that doesn't edify you? If you are going towards being a sociable person, what are you doing here still fighting everyone who comes into your life again? If you are going towards the place of spiritual power, what are you doing here? Still being wordless, prayerless, faithless, churchless. You don't. You, but you, 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 on your list, you said you want to be a spiritual person this year. What are you doing here? From your here to your there, they will always come, you always come to that place that is not really the there that you had in mind. The danger is that we settle there, and we make that place our there. The challenge of life is that we know we are in a bad place. But many of us do nothing to change it. Because oftentimes we calculate the cost of the change. And we go like the price is too much. So we know that where we are is not good enough. But we don't move. And so we die in a place we know it is not good enough for us. You see if you don't keep moving. That place will destroy you. The prodigal boy came to himself and I'm sure he asked himself, what am I doing here? What am I doing here feeding pigs and wanting to eat pigs food when my father's house is still there? If he had not come to himself and move, he would have died in that place. It's good to know you are not in a good place, but the most important thing is to move. And so God said to Elijah, move from this place. And he said to Hagar, move, Go, get back. And the prodigal son also moved. I came to tell somebody that the instruction God gave all these three people or God gave Elijah and uh, Hagar and the prodigal son did was that they moved from where they are or where they were. And, and, and I'm telling you, God is asking you to move, move. Move, move, move from where you are Move from this dependency Move from this life Move from this this lack of, 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 of responsibility Move, move You have to move Because if you do not move You are going to die in a bad place I'm bringing this message to a conclusion so that we can continue next week. But God wants you to move. And for a brief moment, I just want you to pray. I just want you to pray and say, God, give me the grace to move. Give me the grace to effect the change that I am desiring for. I I know I'm not a good husband and I need to move from being a bad husband. Give me the grace to move. I receive grace to move. I receive grace and... Power to move from this place, from this shackles, from this bad attitude, from from this from this place I call a home. I receive grace to move from this spiritual decadence. I receive grace to move because I know I'm in a bad place and I don't want to die in this cave. I don't want to die in this wilderness. This is not my place. Give me the grace to move in the name of Jesus Christ, Father. We pray for all of your people. We pray for all of your servants who are listening to you. God, we pray. Give us grace. Give us grace receive grace from you to move help us to move our mindset help us to move our thinking help us to move in our spiritual life help us to move in our financial life help us to move in our education help us to move in every areas of our of our life so that we don't die in a charan but get to our promised land in the name of jesus If you are listening to me and you are not born again God is talking to you Listen, You have to move from the place of darkness And come to the kingdom of light You have to move from the place where your sin Your heart and your life is shackled to sin and death To the place where your life is is in the light and the place of of, of goodness And you want to say this prayer with me And say Lord Jesus Thank you for your word I accept I am a sinner Forgive me of my sins Come into my heart Be my Lord and my Savior and help me to keep moving with you until the day of your coming again. Thank you for saving my life. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you pray this prayer with all your heart. To everyone, good evening to all our dear listeners. And God bless you for tuning in to Equip with Pastor Otto on Greener 95.9 FM. I want you to call a friend, call a family, and share for all of us who are also following online so that they can also be blessed and be equipped with God's word tonight. I want to begin by saying a happy Vows Day to all our dear listeners. May you find love, may you grow in love, and above all, may the hope, may the love of God be spread abroad in your heart. If you are ready for the word of God, kindly lay your hands on your heart and just pray briefly that God will speak to you, that God's word will come to you, and bless your life and change your life. Dear Lord, I receive of you the grace to speak in word, in the Holy Spirit, in power, and in much assurance tonight in the name of Jesus. Help me to labor in wisdom. Help me to labor with knowledge and help me to labor and preach your word with skill that we shall be blessed by your word tonight in Jesus' precious name. Turn with me to Genesis chapter number 16, verse 1 to 8. Genesis chapter number 16 verse 1 to 8 and I read now Sarah, so I'll just use Sarah, um, Abraham's wife had borne him no children and she had an Egyptian servant who was Hagar so Sarah said to Abraham, see now the Lord has restrained me from bearing children please go into my maid perhaps I shall obtain children by her and Abraham heeded the voice of Sarah Then Sarah, Abraham's wife, um, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband, Abraham, to be his wife. So he went into Hagar, and she conceived, and when she she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. Well, Sarah, Sarah complained, and then Abraham responded. So Abraham said to Sarah, Indeed, your maid is in your hand, not my wife, your maid. Do to her as you please, and when Sarah dealt harshly with her, she fled from her presence. Now, the angel of the Lord, which is the theophany, God coming as an angel, found her by a spring of water in the wilderness. And God said to her, Hagar, hey Sarah's maid, where have you come from, and where are you? going and she said ah, I'm fleeing from the presence of my mistress Sarah. Last week we concluded our discussion on the subject what do you see? A question God posed to Jeremiah and which I believe that he's also asking you and I the same thing what we see. Now it is important for us to note that when God asks a question it is not because He doesn't know the answer. He's an all-knowing God. When God asks a question, it is often something significant He's trying to point out to us. Anytime God asks a question, He's trying to point something very significant to us. And for this week and next week, God willing, we're going to look at another question that God is asking of us. The angel of the Lord asked Hagar in Genesis 16 verse. 8, where have you come from and where are you going? Elijah was the second person God asked a similar question when God found Elijah in a cave, having run away from the pursuit of Jezebel in First Kings chapter 19. Now after his conquest and after great miracle of God, discouragement and threat made the man of God question the reason for his life and he made him question his calling and his calling became small in his eyes. May the God of peace and may the God of all joy quell every arrow of discouragement that has been shot against you in the name of Jesus. I want you to say to yourself, I will not be discouraged. I will not be discouraged, regardless of what I see, regardless of the threat that comes in, my, in into my life. Do not be discouraged. So Elijah hides himself in a cave. God comes to him and asks him in the verse 3 of 1 Kings chapter 19, What are you doing here? So he asks Egar, Where have you been? Where are you going? Where are you coming from? Where are you going? And he asks Elijah, What are you doing here? And all these three questions point to the same thing direction and purpose and so i'm speaking on the message where are you going where are you going hinaroko This evening, I believe God is asking you and I, where are we going? Where is our lives headed to? What direction are we going? God is aware that life is a journey. And so he is asking us, as you are listening to us right now, God is asking you and I, where are you going in your career life? Where are you going in your health journey? Where are you going in your marital journey? Where are you going? in your educational journey? Where are you going and where have you reached? The angel of the Lord found Hagar by a well in the wilderness. Hagar's journey had brought her to the wilderness, but was that where she was supposed to be? Hagar, who was supposed to be found in the house of Abraham, was not where she was supposed to be. You see, Sarah had recommended Hagar to her husband um, to do what she, Sarah, could not do. Her, her, Her madam promoted her from among the several women in her household. The Bible says in Genesis 14 verse 14 that Abraham had 318 men alone in his house. Now that tells you that he will have a lot of women in his house. But 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 Sarah looked through and, and of all of these people and all of these many women in his house, she chose Hagar. Perhaps not only because of her beauty, but because of her attitude of respect and kindness. But soon as things started working well for Hagar, she began to despise her madame. When she started to make progress, she became haughty and proud. All of us have the tendency to be humble when, when when, we are small in our own eyes. When we have no power, no money, no elevation, we tend to be humble. But as soon as we are elevated in life, we lose what brought us the promotion, the humility that brought us the promotion. We tend to easily lose the diligence, the smile, the love, the kindness, the respect, the humility that brought us the promotion. And since we lose what God has promoted, we declare ourselves unfit for the space because now you don't have what it takes to be in that space. And so since Hagar lost what God had promoted or what God had the elevation. She lost her place as well because she became unfit for the place or for the space that she had been promoted into. It is my prayer that God would teach us to be humble even in our promotion. Say amen. That God would teach us to be humble even in our promotion. Hagar fled and God found her near a spring in the desert. God found her near a spring in the desert. Now the Lord found her gives us the impression that God was looking for her. Because you cannot find what you are not looking for. And this picture of God looking for Hagar is so consistent with the nature of God. God is the God who is constantly looking for his children. The God who is interested in the welfare of his children. So he comes to check up on them. But when God came looking for Hagar today, she was not where she ought to have been Abraham's house. I wonder where God will find us when He comes looking for us. Will He find you? in his house as you ought to be or he will find you at the drinking spot or he will find you at the sex bar or he'll find you on that extramarital bed or he'll find you on that bed of the one who you are not married to god is looking for you and where will he find you when he comes looking for you tonight as you are listening to this message god is asking you Where will I find you? Will I find you where you ought to be? Or I'll find you in a place where you have not been designated to be? Please hear me. If you are listening to this message and you feel lost and you feel abandoned and you feel hopeless, God sent me to tell you that he is looking for you. He is looking for you. You you may say you do not matter to God, but God is saying to you right now that he is looking for you because he is interested in you. And if you are wondering that God maybe I I I don't I I am not that much of an important person. God is saying to you right now that he is looking for you why because he is interested in you and just in case you are saying but I'm right here I'm right here God is saying to you that I know I know you are right here and that is why I'm calling you even right now through this message will you hear my voice will you hear me it is not true. It is not true that you are all by yourself. It is not true that you are not. You are good for nothing. It is. It is not true that no one cares about you. It's not true that you do not matter. That is a lie from the pit of the devil. God sent me to tell you to, that this evening that He is looking for you. Just incline your ears to his voice and you will hear his voice in that song. You will hear his voice in that message. You will hear his voice in that movie. You will hear his voice on that inscription behind that bus. You, you will hear the voice of God in even in nature. God says that he is looking for you because he loves you. I pray for you that you will hear the voice of God. When the angel of the Lord found her, he called at her and said, Hagar, Sarah's maid. Hagar, Sarah's maid. The emphasis is not whether God called her a servant or not. The emphasis is that how God addressed her showed that there is a way God sees us. God has a way he sees us. It wouldn't have been strange if Hagar thought of herself as Abraham's concubine. After all, Sarah gave her as a wife to Abraham. And after all, she was pregnant for him. It's not strange for her to think that, ah, I'm 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 Abraham's concubine. It wouldn't be strange for Hagar to see herself as better than Sarah. After I've been able to do in a few years what is taking you forever to do. I'm able to do what you have not been able to do. But God comes into the picture and says, Hagar... Sarah's servant, not any of the things you are thinking about, but Hagar, Sarah's servant. The issue is not how we see ourselves, the issue is how God sees us. The most important thing is not how we call ourselves. The most important thing is how God calls us. She may have felt important in her own eyes. I am I am able to do in a few years what has taken you forever. And you cannot talk to me like that. You, you, you cannot maltreat me. I cannot stay here and take this. I, I deserve better than this. Do you know what I have done in my life? Do you know where I have been in my her life and she may have felt justified to leave, she may have felt justified to go. After all, you can't treat me like this. But when God found her, God addressed her and said, Hagar, service maid. Because you see, Hagar, I am not looking at you through the same lens you look at yourself. I have a way I see, and you have to see yourself in the way I see you. How does God see me? Is that how I see myself? Or have I an altered image of myself? I must seek to know how God sees me. And I must carry myself in the light of how God sees me. Because all men may despise me and revile me. But before God, I am a valuable person to him. People may see me in the lens of my yesterday and may not give me a chance. But if God sees me as a new creation, his child that he has made me, that is how I must carry myself, the child of God. If they see me as good for nothing, but God sees me as his workmanship created for every good work because he has invested gift and talent into me, that is how I must see myself. If everybody sees me as a prisoner and God sees me as a prime minister, that is is how I must see myself if everybody see me as a as just a drunk boy walking around there Jacob and God sees me as a businessman that is how I must see myself if I see myself outside of God's word about me I am in error please hear me if we see ourselves outside of the of the word of God about us we are in error. How does God see us? And here's another thought. Here's another thought. Hagar could have had an altered image of herself. I mean, the best of Abraham's house. I mean, Abraham's house was beautiful. Abraham's concubine, Sarah's co and all of that. All of this could have been an altered image, but God saw her. As Sarah's maid. And this is so crucial. Oh, this is so crucial. Because the instruction, the word Hagar received was based on how God saw her. The angel of of the Lord said to her in verse 9, go and submit. The word she received came to her because of how God saw her. Is it possible that we keep missing out on our word? Is is it possible that we desire and expect a certain word while God is saying another to us? because of how he sees us because how he sees us will determine the word that he speaks unto us and the reason we keep missing out is because we don't think that that word is for us because you are Cyrus' maid go and submit the word she received was based on how god saw her how does god See me. You have to be answering. You have to be able to answer that question tonight. How does God see me? Ask Him. Ask Him, God. How do you see me? And He will tell you. Dot. Dot the lines of His word that consistently come to you, and you will find how God sees you. Pay attention to the words that seem to resonate with your spirit. And worse, that makes you uncomfortable, but you cannot shut it out of your mind and out of your heart. You will know how God sees you. Now you know. I, I know you don't want to have anything to do with being a pastor because of all the things they say. I, I know you don't see yourself as a businessman, and so you keep looking for job. You keep looking and seeking that you may get. But but the voice. You cannot shout out and the repetitive word that comes to you points you in the very direction you don't want to look. It is a sign of how God sees you. May you see your life the way God sees you in the name of Jesus. Because if you see your life the way God sees you, that's the beginning of your breakthrough. The angel of the Lord asked her, Hagar, service mate, where have you come from and where are you going? Evie, Anna, Erikoi, tonight God is asking you, where have you come from and where are you going? It is important to know that to answer where you are going, you should be able to answer where you are coming from. Because being able to answer where you are coming from gives you a starting line and it helps you to measure your progress. I am from here, I've come this far, and I'm going this way. It helps you to be able to measure the progress of your life. If you don't know where you are coming from, how would you ever know how far you have come? And you may be free, but how will you know how far? Have come, how would you ever know whether you are making progress in your life or you are stuck in life? God is really asking us this question tonight, and I believe He asks us this question every day Where are you going? Where are you going spiritually? Where are you going financially? Where are you going morally, socially, intellectually, health wise, and career wise? Where are you? going. We, we should be able to answer and, and say, God, I'm coming from being a spiritual dollard and I'm going to be in a, a highly sensitive person. I'm coming from self-dependency to absolute God-dependency. I'm coming from prayerless, churchless, wordless Christian to going to being a model Christian. I'm coming from a place of being in your presence once in a while, to being in your presence every day. That is your spiritual journey. You should be able to map out and find the progress of your life. God, I am coming from poverty. I am going towards riches. I am, I am coming from people dependency where people always have to give me something before I can eat. And I'm going to self-sufficiency. I'm coming from a single room apartment to th- three bedroom hired house. I'm coming from a hired house to owning my own house. I'm coming from unemployed to being self-employed. I'm coming from Spending anyhow to spending per budget. I'm coming from being financially incapacitated, whatever happened in my life, to going to being financially mobile. If you don't do that, friends, you will live your whole life, grow your whole life, raise up your kids, three kids in a single room in somebody's house all your life because you never projected the journey of your life. You you will live your whole life and realize that you never made any progress. You were just stuck in one place all your life where are you coming from? And where are you going? I'm coming from being a morally loose person. I'm going to a morally sound person. I'm coming from being a liar to being a faithful person and a person with integrity. I'm coming from untrustworthy to being someone whom others can trust and lean on. I'm coming from a socially awkward person and I'm going towards being a socially sound person. I'm coming from a bad-tempered husband to a good-tempered husband. I'm coming from a nagging wife. I'm going towards being a supportive wife. From an awkward family to a structured family. I'm coming from an abusive family, and I'm going towards being a loving father and mother and a loving husband and wife. I'm coming from being lazy, and I'm going towards being diligent. I'm coming from a non-reader, and I'm going towards being a reader at least 10 books a year. I am coming from someone who takes his health for granted being someone who is careful about what i eat when i sleep how i sleep it is a journey you you must be able to project it i'm coming from someone who's lost and doesn't know christ and and it's in darkness to going towards being in light and knowing jesus and living my life for jesus it is a journey that is a question god is asking you and i where Are you going? Because friends, if you don't ever answer the question of where you are from and where you are going, you will go in circles. Yeah. You'll be stuck and never even know that you are stuck because you don't measure the progress of your life. And I've come to find that the most terrible thing about being stuck in life is that you only get to know when to slate You only get to know that you have been stuck all your life when it is late. There are people who get into trouble everywhere they work. And and, and they conclude that it's because no one likes me. But what they have not realized is that they are not nice. They are lazy. They are difficult to work with. And they are stuck with that. So people don't like working with them. But you have to make that career journey and say, you know, I'm moving from this place. And I'm going to be in a team player, a better person, and a diligent worker. I know people who make friends and fight their friends. Almost every friend they made, they fought them. And you never project and you never measure your life. You are, You have a social awkwardness. And you don't realize that because of your social awkwardness, doors are closing in front of you because it takes people to open doors in your life. You have to be able to say, God, this is where I'm coming from. And this is where I am going. Where have you come from? And where are you going? The most dangerous part of this is this. If if you don't ever answer the question of where you are going or where where you are coming from, where you are going, any place can be your destination. Including places that it's not supposed to be. Like for Hagar, at this moment, she was sitting at the well in the wilderness when she's not supposed to be there. Any place can be your destination. If you don't measure and ask yourself and answer this question of where you are going, you're going to go in circles, repeating the same event and the same sequence of your life year in and year out. Watch this as I conclude for tonight. Hagar didn't give a direct answer to God when he questioned her. I think man has a problem in answering God questions. Just like uh, Adam. God asked her a very simple question. Where are you coming from? And where are you going? A simple answer would have been, ah, I'm coming from the house of Abraham and I'm going to so-so and so. No, instead she told God what she was doing. He says that I am running away. That's what you are doing. That's not where you are coming from. And we will start to answer This question, God willing, next week. And look at the danger of such an answer that Hagar gave to God. That God is asking you tonight. I want you to do this. I want you to sit down and think. I want you to ask the Holy Ghost to help you. I want you to be able to project and map out and evaluate your life. Yes, I am in 2021. Where am I going? I have been a truth Christian for all my life. Where am I going? I've been begging people and living on people all my life. Where am I going? When it comes to education, I try, I just leave it. Where am I going? It is not a question I'm asking you. It's not a question you're asking yourself. It's a question God is asking you. As we'll continue next week, God willing. But for tonight, I want you to do this. I want you to just pray. Kindly lay your hands on your heart and pray that God give me the grace to be able to evaluate my life. Give me the grace, help me to be able to measure my life. Help me to know where I'm coming from and where I'm going. Many of us have an idea of where we are coming from bad homes, broken family, single parenting, poor homes, socially awkward homes. But, but we have not ever sat down to think, yeah, Quahimfa. God, help us to know where we are going and above all, help us to see ourselves the way you see us because that's the beginning of a breakthrough because that's when we can hear the word you are speaking to us and that's when we we can respond to the word you are speaking to us. May we not miss our word thinking, this is not for me because we don't see ourselves in the light of what that word is. Open our eyes tonight. Bless us even as we go through the week. And help us. Bring us answers of who we are, where we are going, what we are doing, what you see of us, and how you see of us. Help us, God. Equip us with these answers and help our lives to become better than we are today. We thank you, Lord. We bless you. And If you are listening to me and you are not born again, you are saying, God, I want to move from the place of darkness. I want to move from addiction. I want to move from living for myself. To living for you. I want to pray this prayer. You also want to lay your hands on your heart and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. I come to you. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. I give my life to you. I'll live for you the rest of my life. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you pray this prayer with all your faith, I want to let you know that you are born again. Find a Bible Believing Church. Grow and be discipled. If you are in Siani, you can find us on top of the Kofijima building. Or you can call us on 020 7113 249. 020 7113 249. Friend, I am Friend, We love you. Mully leave you with the blessings of the Lord. May God keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and bless you till we meet again next week. Have a good week. Bye-bye. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Equip with Pastato on Greener 95.9 FM. Uh, before we begin today's edition, I want you to join me to praise and thank God for bringing us to um, the end of yet another month. We give glory to God. Little by little, the year is sojourning on, and we know it's going to be a good year again. Um, today, I joined the entire body of ICGC and wish Dr. Otterbo a happy 37th anniversary. And uh, we have indeed come this far by the grace of God. And we know that the next 37 years is going to be an exciting, we're going to be bigger, better, and greater. And so with God's grace and, and with God's wisdom, we'll keep lightening the path of many and generations after us. So God bless you, Dr. Otabo, and God bless you, ICGC. Well, it's time for equip. And so call a friend, call a family, um, share with them. Those of us following online, let's share and let's get equipped for the week. Can you lay your hands on your heart? And just pray that God will speak to you, that his word will bless you tonight. Dear Holy Ghost, I receive grace from you to labor and to speak your word in in power, in the Holy Spirit and and in great anointing. I receive your word. I receive grace to, to labor with wisdom, with knowledge, with understanding, with skill. And that we shall be blessed by your word in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. All right. So we are concluding our discussion on where are you going? Where are you going? We've been talking about Hagar, um, the maid of Sarah, um, who who Sarah gave to to Abraham to give birth for her. And this woman was was elevated. And then after she realized that she had been able to do what her madam had not been able to do, the Bible says she despised and dishonored her madam. When Sarah treated her harshly, she fled from from Abraham's house and at the time of the story, or at the time we encounter Hagar, um, he, she was by the well in the wilderness with absolutely no idea, totally clueless as to where she was going. And so God said to her in the verse 9 of Genesis chapter number 16, He says to her, And the angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress. Genesis sixteen nine, Return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hand. And the verse 10 says that, And the angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly so that they will not be counted for multitudes now since the discussion has centered around hagar and elijah let's also look at what god said to elijah as well when he found him uh, in the cave of Horeb, uh, when he had fled he had after he had been fed by the angel of the lord walking the strength of the food for 40 days and 40 nights Seen the mountains split the fire come down the wind blow and god was not there in the still small voice god asked him in first kings chapter 19 verse 15 and 16. then the lord said to him Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, anoint Eziel as king of over Syria. Also, you shall anoint Jehu the son of Nimshi as king of over Israel, and Elisha the son of Shephat of Abel you shall anoint as prophet in your place. I want you to notice that with both Hagar and Elijah, God did not leave them where they were. Because the truth of the matter is that God never leaves us where he finds us. In whatever condition, in whatever situation God finds you, he never leaves you there. He moves you. And so as you are listening to this word, may the grace to move come upon your life. God gave Hagar and Elisha an instruction to move. As so last week, we ended by saying that between where we came from and where we are going, we will come to the place that is not where we had in mind. But if we don't ever move from there, we will die there. Terah, Abraham's father, never set out for Sharon, but Sharon was in on the way to Canaan. And when he got there, he settled there and he died there. Genesis chapter 11, verse 31. Because I'm showing sure his mind, I have in Sharon what I'm going to look for in Canaan. Perhaps you have come, you've become comfortable in an abusive relationship. Perhaps you have settled for a stale marriage, a stale business, a stale ministry, a stale life. It is not dead, but it, there is no energy. There is no zeal. There is no passion in there. Perhaps you have settled where you are not supposed to settle. And God is telling you that move. Now, it is interesting the nature of the movement God instructed both Hagar and Elijah to make. For both of them, God asked them to go back. He said to Hagar, go back to your mistress. He said to Elijah, return on the way from which you came from. So travel back the path they wanted to avoid. Travel it again. And, you know, you could be saying, "Ah, I'm kissing this path goodbye. But God comes to you and he says that go and travel back the path you felt you are kissing goodbye and you are never going to come back to that place again. And none of us want to travel the same path again, especially if it is a path of pain, affliction and misery. None of us. Like to see the same things repeat over and over and over again in our lives. It's as though we are traveling the same path because it makes us feel stuck, non progressive. We feel like losers. We feel like we are not making any progress in life. Why must I go through the same experiences again when all others are moving forward? Because the thing is, when we travel back we'll come face to face with this, with the phenomenon, I have been here before. I've seen this before. Because it's the same road, and you're traveling back again. So I have seen this before. pain. I have been here before where I cry and soak my pillows with tears. Because another relationship has failed. I've been here before where I had to take pills upon pills just to go through the day. I've been here before where I wake up each morning hoping for a miracle to heal this sickness. I've been here before where I was ridiculed, lied upon, cheated, stabbed in the back. I have been here before. I have seen this before. I have gone through this experience before. But God was the one who told them, to travel back. God, you are asking me to travel back. And he says, yes, travel the path again. Because you see, you have been here before. You have seen these experiences before. But you are not the same as before. You have been here before and you have seen this before. You are going through this experience that looks as though something that you went through some few years of your life. But the th- truth of the matter is that you are not as before. Your experiences and encounters with God have changed you. The first time you 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 went through that place, you had no clue where you were going Elijah, but now you are traveling the same path and you have an idea where you are going. The first time you hurried down the road, running from what sought to destroy you, but now you have to travel back and you're traveling back with strength. The first time you run because of fear, but now you are traveling the same road with faith. You are not the same. It may look like the same experience, but you are not the same in that experience. You see, when Israel had to go in circles in the wilderness, they would have to come to deal with the problem of, I have been here before, the pain of, I have seen this before. But but, but what is important to notice is that when Israel walked through the wilderness for the first time, they could not tell a poisonous herb from a good one. They could not tell which tree sap. Will give them water and which could not give them water. But when you travel back in the same place, or the second time, for the third time, now you know what to avoid and you know what to embrace. You know what to hide from and you know what to confront. You know where to stand and you know where to squat. You know where to 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 shout and you know where to be quiet because you have been here before. You have seen this before, but you are not the same. You have an you have an experience and you have an encounters with God that has tremendously change you let's bring this home yes you have soaked your pillow with tears before but now you know and you can tell the difference between a phony who is pretending as a husband you have been here before where you lost money and lose as though you are here again but now you know a crook from a proper investment i mean you yes you have been here before but it is not the same Jacob, I have been here before, but now I can tell a company of angels from just ordinary men. David, I have been here before where I have to kill a lion in this same place, but I can't do this because I have killed a bear in this same place. I have been here before where everyone abandoned me and everyone left me and everyone uh, disappointed and deserted me, but it taught me how to call upon Jesus and how to trust in Jesus alone. You have been here before, but you are not the same. So don't let the devil lie to you that you are going through the same experiences. No, you are not. And so devil, when you try us, we'll fight you. We'll fight you with everything that we have in you, in in us. We'll fight you with everything that God has given to us. We'll fight you with our faith. We'll fight you with our prayer. We'll fight you with our belief. We'll fight you with our confession. Because yesterday you bullied us today. You are not going to bully us because we are not the same. We may be going through the same experience, but we are not The same, our our hearts are filled with faith and our bones are fire in them to keep going. I know it looks like life keeps repeating itself. But I want you to know that you are different in in every experience. And yes, you have to go back. I have to go back. But I know that in the schemes of God, sometimes you have to go back to go forward. In the schemes of God, Sometimes you have to go down to go up. I know you're saying, but it makes no sense. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But you see, Noah, the ark has rested on Mount Ararat. And on top of the mountain, the view is nice. On top of the mountain, you feel secured, and you are safe. But until you go down where the you go in, into the valleys from the top of the mountain, you are never going to realize the promise of the new covenant. You, you are never going to get the new assignment of replenish the earth, replenishing the earth. The miracle of the of the rainbow, you may never see it. And the spiritual encounter in the sacrifice, you may never see it. But all of them are waiting for you down there. And you have to go down there to go up to possess the future God has given to you. Until Jesus descended. He could never have ascended to fill all things, to be superior and above all things. Ephesians chapter four, verse 10. His elevation did not come until he was buried so low beneath the earth. He rose by descending. He rose by descending. He rose. By descending. And so sometimes it is like everything was working and suddenly nothing seemed to be working. I I used to get resources for the work, but now it seems the resources have stopped. The ministry was progressing, the business was doing well and breaking bounds. But now it seems everything is going backwards for me. And you feel like training the towel? Don't train the towel. Because here's the thing sometimes God will make you go back in order to get you to go forward. So he said to them, travel back the road. Notice that for both Hagar and Elijah, God told them to move and he gave them exactly where they were to move to. The destination was chosen by God. Please hear me tonight. The best destination is the one God showed you and not the one you chose for yourself. The best destination is the one God showed you and not the one you chose for yourself. You must endeavor to hear from God concerning the journey of your life. And the most trusted voice of God is the voice of his word. In other words, when we read the Bible and we give ourselves to meditation and listening, you are going to hear the voice of God and where God wants you to go. Please do not choose it there for yourself. Lot did that and it ended horribly for him. He looked at the greens and looked at the the waters and the plains of Sodom and Gomorrah and he chose that place instead of waiting on the voice of God. But little did he know that the place looked good only superficially, but this was a place that put the seed in a place of dank. Meaning that in this place you can never, or this place never has the potential to grow your seed. And the end, Lot lost everything and Lot's life became so miserable. People have chosen a destination for themselves only to end up miserable and lose everything because they didn't wait on God. A there for yourself may look good, but better is to go to the there god is leading you to better is go to better is to go to the destination that god is leading you to i pray for you that you may hear the voice of the lord for the next phase of your life in the name of jesus the next place the next destination the next dimension that you're supposed to go may you hear the voice of god and know exactly where he wants you to go god said to them go back and they went out and set out for a new journey. As you embark back on your journey, expect these five things on your journey. In the journey of life, expect these five things. Whenever you hear the voice of God concerning the new direction is given to you, expect these five things. Number one, a new assignment. A new assignment. Both Elijah and Hagar received an instruction from God that further opened their destiny God gave them assignment Hagar go back and submit I have blessed you it's a new assignment he, uh, he said to Elijah when and he anoint Hazel king of Syria Jehu king of Israel um, Elisha in your place so he gave them a new assignment God told Noah after he had come down from the ark be fruitful and replenish the earth so the assignment for making the ark had ended their assignment for replenishing the earth had started As you go on your journey, expect God's instructions to open up a new assignment in your life. So, yesterday you planted, today He may ask you to harvest. Yesterday you were everywhere, today He may ask you to hide. Yesterday you were hiring, today He may ask you to build. Be opened. For new levels of assignment in your life, when you sense God pulling you into a new direction and giving you a new job and giving you a new um, instruction in what to do, do not resist. It could be an opening at the metaphor. It's an opening into your destiny. Number two, expect challenges. Expect challenges. The disciples desiring to move from the move to the other side by the instruction of Jesus. Encountered a storm. Mark chapter 4 verse 35 to 41. It was Jesus who told them to move and yet they encountered a storm. Just because you are moving on God's word doesn't mean you will make a smooth sail. Because no smooth sail makes a skillful captain and God wants to make you a skillful captain and so expect challenges. Turbulent times will come your way. People may not accept your calling. Others may mock and ridicule you. Um, yet others will may try and stop you and 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 destroy what you have started. Um, some will desert you. Resources may not be available for the assignment. Your Jezebel may not have died yet, and God will still say, "Go back to Israel and prophesy." The devil won't stop trying to steal your righteousness, your peace, and your joy in the Lord. You keep coming. Challenges come, and the intention is to stagnate you or to make you give up. Or to give in. But whenever you encounter challenges, keep pushing forward. Encourage yourself, pick up yourself again, push yourself forward, keep going because you have the unfailing word of God and God's promise with you. And once God has promised, He'll fulfill it. Number three, expect opportunities on your journey. Expect opportunities. Don't listen to people who tell you opportunities come back once. They don't. It's just that opportunities come in cycles. Um, So be discerning. And, and 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 take advantages of your opportunities because you will not only encounter challenges, you also encounter opportunities, open doors um, in your life, on the journey of life. The thing is that doors will open for you small and great, but often they don't look like what you expect. The opportunities don't come like the way you expect. And so you must pray for discernment all your life and be able to take advantage of your opportunities because it will bring you closer to your destination. Number four, expect to meet people on your way and you're going to meet these four kinds of people on the journey of your life. Anytime God tells you to move, whichever direction you're moving to, you're moving towards a healthy uh, family, you're moving towards financial independence, you're moving towards spiritual um, dependency on God, you're moving towards uh, moving from um, being a squatter to to hiring a house or even, expect these four but even on that journey, expect these four kinds of people. Number one, those who are Uh, on a similar journey as you are, they are going where you are going. Relate with them with caution. Relate with them with caution. Number two, those who are going where you are but not at the same pace as you. They are going where you are going but they may be traveling faster than you are or they may be traveling slower than you are. You need wisdom to relate with them. Wisdom. Relate with them. Don't go comparing yourself, you destroy yourself. Number four, um, sorry, number three, people who have given up on their journey. You meet those people. Ah, they didn't, the marriage didn't work. You meet them. Um, they tried the investment, they didn't work. You meet them. The education in field, you meet them. Don't make them your friends, otherwise, you'll not complete your journey. The fourth kind of people you meet <clears throat> are people who have found their day and come to the end of their journey. Learn from them. People who have found their there and come to the end of their journey. Learn from them. But one of the things you have to know is that all of these four groups of people have valuable lessons to teach you and learn from them. The fifth is that you will encounter God. Expect to encounter God. And you encounter God also in these four ways. Number one, you encounter God's providence. God will supply you with the needed resources for your journey and for your assignment the needed resources for your journey and your assignment number two expect god's promises you encounter god in his promises call it a blessing on the journey of life god has put a lot of blessing there if you think that, oh, your life will amount to nothing, you are empty and all of that, you're not going to see the blessings. The blessings are everywhere. So what you have to pray is that God continue to open my eyes to see those promises because from Noah all the way to the New Testament disciples, Jesus always gave promise. God gave promises for the assignment that he has given to us. Number three, expect God in people. Expect God in people. And uh, this is what you have to do. Please treat people well because usually our destinies are tied People and number four, expect to have God encounters that God will reveal Himself to you in dreams, in His Word, in prophecies, and in in just ordinary everyday life. God will show Himself to you on the journey of life. I want to conclude by saying that because of what you are seeing, that's the first question what do you see? You see a good life, where are you going? You are going towards what you are seeing. You have to be careful the kind of information you expose yourself to, the association you keep, and the decision that you make. God bless you. I want to pray for you briefly if you are listening to me. I want to pray briefly with you. I pray for you that you will hear the, the, the word of God concerning your next place in life. I pray for you that your ears will be open, your spirit will be open to hear the next direction, the next place. You will not miss it. You will not miss your assignment in the name of Jesus. I pray that you will not miss your destination in the name of Jesus. I pray that you will you, you will not take the wrong direction. You will not miss the, the place that you are supposed to be in your life in the name of Jesus. Wherever you have stagnated, wherever you feel like you're not making any progress, may you receive the grace to move in the name of Jesus Christ. As we share the word of God, grace comes and so I pray and speak and prophesy over your life that grace has come upon you to be able to move, to be able to move. Wherever you were stagnated, wherever you were stuck, wherever you feel like you're burning energy but making no progress, receive that grace to move in the name of Jesus. May you encounter God on the journey of life. May you be filled with light and hope for where God has pointed you to and showing you to a decree over your life that you do well even as you walk with God's word in Jesus name you're listening to us you're not born again he said I want to be part of this I want to be part of this journey I want to, I've been choosing places for myself and the end has always been horrible and terrible I'm broken I'm tired I want I want Jesus please pray this prayer with me say Lord Jesus Thank you for your word. I come to you. I accept I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Be my Lord and my personal Savior. And help me. Point me to the direction where you want me to go. That I may live for you all the days of my life. God bless you. If you pray this prayer with all faith, I want to say to you that you are born again. If you are in Siyani, look for us, ICGC, The Harvest Temple. Uh, or you can call us on 020-7113-249, 020-7113-249. Now, friend, so that you can grow in the Lord. If you are not in Sinyani, look for a Bible-believing church. Join them, get equipped, grow, so that you can realize the destiny and above all, know God more and more and more intimately. God bless you for tuning in once again. We appreciate you so much. We'll see you next week and next month and we know we'll see you as a better person than today. Until then, stay safe, stay blessed. Bye-bye.